Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we might think grandiose thoughts, but we would never admit it during a nationally televised presidential debate. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, faculty member at the Yeshiva of South Shore, and columnist for the South Shore Standard. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. As I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Coming to you, as always, from Nahum Studio on the Lower East Side, joined by my handy-dandy partner of Rummy, who has slipped into his role as adult here in the studio as seamlessly as ever, just finished a great live lunch, played a whole bunch of uh, everything, okay. <laughs> played a whole bunch of everything, and he appreciated all the listener input for the uh, different uh, selections that he chose. We love having a Rummy around because that allows me to be the petulant child that I am. If you are a list- new listener to the show, buenos dias, and if you are a returning listener, Thanks for making us part of your Thursday. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, yep. Eli Manning reads the blog right before each game. Visit me on my blog at DearThat'sLife.com. Feel free to click on the That's Life tab. Post a comment. Feedback on the show is welcomed and appreciated. I always mean that sincerely. Friend me on Facebook or send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can also shoot me an email at Miriam at DearThat'sLife.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I am not being rude. I'm being honest. But I will make sure to get back to you afterwards. Let's take care of some business. Avrami, we got a lot of stuff to take care of today. First of all, it's National Australia Day for all of our friends in Australia who are making sure to tune in on NahumSiegel.com or using their app, which is easily downloadable. It is every January 26th. It is celebrating Australian pride, culture, and national identity. And ironically enough, uh, Yoni Cortman posted on Facebook that he just sent his first Saturday Night Seagull prize package to Australia. So it's all... Very uh, fortuitous, shall we say. Um, and also, Avrami, what was last Friday? Yeah, mm-hmm, it was your birthday, right? Because you sprung that on the air. Congratulations, thanks. Uh, yeah, and yesterday you said it was your Hebrew birthday. It was Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So a Yom Huladet Sameach to you. And because you did so... Is your mic on? Yes, it is. Awesome. Thank you. So because you did so well the last time, <laughs> we got more scratch-off cards. And, one second, I got you five this time. Wow. I know. That's a big that's birthday a lot of present. Pressure. It is. It's that's a big a birthday present. But I also got some for our friends from Soul Farm who have joined us here because we, uh, hey, because <laughs> this is how we roll here at That's Life. We like to share. I'm going to take one. It's more than we ever get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep the pennies also, by the way, to scratch off. So you guys can play while I'm going through uh, my little fun that I like to have. Yes, for those of you who missed the Hanukkah show for whatever reason it was, Avrami got three scratch off cards from me on the air. What, and how did you do? I won three bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. It was good. I reinvested some of it, gave some to charity. That's how you do it. And you bought more bread. Right. Right. By the or way. Chocolate. I might have bought chocolate. No, you told me you bought rye bread. All right. All right. Do you know what I bought you for your birthday? Rye bread? Yes, I did. <laughs> Which brings me to my experience at the bakery here on the Lower East Side, where I asked them if they could um, write happy birthday on a cake. And she said, no, <laughs> we don't write birthday, happy birthday on cakes. We don't do that. We only sell the cake. I'm like... You know what? That's fine. Anyway, for those she's of- awesome though. So yeah, uh, but there are two bakeries. Oh, I didn't know. But the the, the lady over here at this closer bakery yes. is a super nice lady. She was having a good time with me, and she actually said to me, "She said I'm gonna have some fun with you." I'm like, "You are having fun with me. You don't even know it." Yeah, I said to her at one point, I said, "Can I have some rye bread?" She goes, "Sure, you can have whatever you want." I'm like, "All right, this is gonna be fun." And then she pretended that my uh, the bill I paid with was counterfeit. Otherwise, we were doing fine. Um, it is also, Avrami, it is also National Toad Hollow Day of Encouragement. Uh-huh. It stresses, you got it, you sh- it stresses the importance of sharing a kind word with one's fellow man. It was originally established as a day to connect with others through the heart 
The holiday is rooted in the 1800s era schoolhouse located in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It is a very interesting story. You can Google Toad Hollow Day of Encouragement to read more about it. It is also National Pistachio Day, which I'm totally into, but not the pistachio ice cream because anything that is not naturally green should not be eaten. That is my policy. And um, there's also, oh, yes, right, it's National Lotus 123 Day. Yeah, what does that mean? I know I had to look it up also. Evidently, it's a spreadsheet program from Lotus Software that made IBM computers very successful in corporate environments. But since IBM's went the way to the dodo, I don't know why it's still being posted. But it is. But you want to know what tomorrow is? Because we like, did you win? Oh, C did not win. Noah, did you win? Oh, uh, nobody won anything so far? Oh, uh, Romy, what is, you are like, I mean, can I tell you? I don't know what it is with you. I don't know how you win this stuff. We're going to Vegas. I don't know what we're going to do there, but we're going to go to Vegas. Um, Avrami, you should also know that tomorrow is is a big day. It's a big national day. It's National Chocolate Cake Day, which I – no, it's a, tomorrow, the 27th, it's National Chocolate Cake Day. I celebrate that regularly. I'm just saying I'm very firm about it. Um, anything chocolate is a good friend of mine. Today is National Peanut Brittle, Peanut Brittle Day. I don't know what to do with that one, but uh, I'm sticking with tomorrow. I think I'm going to celebrate that for many years to come. A shout-out to Josh Glatt from the New York Fun Factory. I ran into him yesterday at uh, Great Wolf Lodge. I had not seen him in a while. Um, nice to see you, Josh. And a shout-out to the person at the outlet store who sold my husband a bright orange down jacket. I don't really care that it cost 35 bucks. I care that my husband looked like a huge orange coming down the mountain as we were snowboarding. So I don't – I don't uh, snow tubing, I should say. We were not snowboarding. Just joking. We were snow tubing. Yeah, yeah, by the way, I mean, if it was yellow, we would have been the Gorton Fisherman. That's all I'm saying. And I know I'm going to get a text from him right now, totally killing me, but I'm not into the jacket. And if you were listening a couple weeks ago, you know that the reason for the jacket was because his last down jacket exploded in the backseat of my car and made it look like the Aflac duck had taken over, you know, Long Island. But this was his, uh, this was his sub-in. I'm not, I'm not loving it, but the, um, but I guess it served its purpose. A, kept him warm. And when another dad on the mountain saw him wearing this orange jacket of Rummy, he looked at his daughter and he said, see, I guess it's every dad's prerogative to humiliate their daughters. <laughs> so it was, it worked out just fine. And a shout-out for tomorrow to my brother and sister-in-law, Shari and Renown Mann, on their anniversary. Mazal tov to them. They are a wonderful couple, and we love them very much, yes. And uh, I will forever be Renown Mann's little sister, and um, I, think I'll be, I think I'll be just fine with that. Check out my blog, Funny Things Happen All the Time. Crazy follows me everywhere. It actually followed me this week to my daughter, my eldest daughter, who I made a comment last week about the Giants, like today, about Eli Manning reading the blog, and she looked at me and said, do they really read the blog, Mommy? I looked at her and said, seriously? Are you one of those people who believe everything I say? She said, they don't. They don't read the blog. I'm like, you know what? I didn't raise you like this. I didn't raise gullible children. This is not the way it was supposed to be. So for those of you who don't know that I'm being sarcastic a lot of the time, I'm being sarcastic a lot of the time. As much as I'd like to think that Eli Manning checks in on my blog until I hear from him personally, I'm going to assume the answer is nished. Anyway, it is about almost eight minutes past the hour. You're listening to That's Life. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, and I am joined by two gentlemen who trekked to the Lower East Side. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, uh-huh. They deserve, they deserve big claps. They deserve big claps because I have C. Lansbaum and Noah Solomon from Soul Farm who have joined me here in the studio. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Can you, you're on? Pleasure. Uh, yep. I think so. You tell me. Are the mics good? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Nice. So, when was the last time you came down to the Lower East Side? 
I've never been here before. Really? <laughs> no, no, I'm only kidding. I was about to say, that can't be the no, we, case. We were here before. Uh, it looked like it was bigger, though. That's why I thought we could bring the band, but oh, uh, yeah. just so, knowing myself. I was about to say, so we had to leave two people at home. We had to leave uh, Ben Antalis and Mitch Friedman. Correct. Right, because, you know, there was we're, we're a little tough. We're a little tight here, but we like yeah. it. We like it. There's um there's a, there's a coziness here yeah. in the studio. That's <laughs> I'd like to see a drum kit in here. That would be something. Uh, if we could have hooked up some mics and blown out this back wall, I'm sure we would have been oh, able yeah. to figure it out. But uh, we're not ready. We're not ready to redecorate. So let me ask you a question. I know this uh, this might sound weird, but we had a um, a shotgun. We had the uh, Mark Goldman from Saw You at Sinai. He was here a couple weeks ago. He runs an online dating site, and uh, we were talking about how people meet. And this might sound really weird, but how did the two of you meet? Uh-oh. I'll leave that See, this know. already sounds like a married couple. <laughs> it's a special evening. <laughs> he was with someone else, but... <laughs> a bottle of red, a bottle of white, right. yeah. Um, actually, we met on the Moshav Modin, which is where I grew up. Uh, it's a little Moshav founded by Shlomo Karlbach, for those who don't know, and uh, a far-out place, to say the least. Um, I was living there, and C had also lived there for a short amount of time, and we met at a Purim party. We were... Oh, okay. We met at a party on... Purim night, we were uh, jamming out, and uh, I was uh, I was singing, and he was playing, and he came to me afterwards, and he said, "Wow, you can sing." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, if I, if I have a couple of drinks in me." <laughs> I, I told his mom, "I'm gonna make him a star." <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's gonna, she's still waiting. <laughs> yes. No, I would have to say, with all the fan base that you have, that you know your names are pretty recognizable. Soul Farm is pretty recognizable, but you started as Innocence. Yes. Is that is that? That was. Um, well, that was our first name, and we were just a, a, a regular uh, jam band out in the regular rock world. And then in about 2000, we changed directions, and we embraced the Jewish world a little bit more, and we changed our name as well, Soul Farm, which is like farming the souls. That is – that's an <laughs> – that's, that's what a good I name. Say? It's a good name. But where did the name Innocence come from? Because you're not spelling it in the traditional way. You were spelling it I-N-A-S-E-N-C-E? Yes, uh, that came from basically it came from a play on many things. It came from innocence, which is like uh, when I heard Noah sing, it, it reminded me of a certain kind of innocence. Uh, in a sense, could be a lot of different um, oh, like it could inner be three sense. Words. Oh, inner it, sense. Okay. It could be a lot of people like to think that it was sense, like uh, sense Amelia. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we leave that up to you. Yes, it's open. To we were very much a hippie band in the beginning. We all had long hair, and we were much, very much playing the jam band circuit and being hippies. So when, like, did, so when did the haircuts <laughs> come in? I know, right? <laughs> well, when I had to visit the yeshiva a few times for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back, with Abba, the- don't come in like that. <laughs> don't come in. Let Ima come in. Yeah, the things we do for our kids, right? We were That's talking, right. we were talking about that before because I had met you guys at the Kids of Courage right. uh, ski retreat, and uh, Noah and I were both struggling with our kids and the skis and whatever else, and. I just getting my kids outfitted with skis and poles was enough of an experience. I didn't need to go down the mountain after that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I loved skiing before I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been so cute, Liam. He's better skier yeah, he's, than he's you. Actually, it's great. it was great. Well, actually, it's really fun. Once you get him into the skis, it's, it's a bla- it's a blast skiing it's, with them. But it's a once you get yeah. them into yes. the skis. Yeah. How do your kids react with you playing all the time? It's it's pretty much you know a normal occurrence for them. They they just. They don't even look – it's like a regular job for them. They don't even pay any mind to it, you know. Oh, he's playing again or whatever. It's a whole bunch of I don't care. Or as well, my daughters that, would text, IDC. 
Well, there's that. Also, I kind of live a little bit by a motto that a friend of mine told me. He said, you know, as a musician, you're going to be away a lot, and that's just something that thing. When you're home, be home. Don't mm. still be on the road. You know what I mean? A lot of people can come home off the road, and their mind's still there. If you're 100%, give 100% when you're there, then it, you can make it work, I think, and that's kind of served me well. And I kind of have the opposite. I built a whole recording studio in my home. So when I'm, when I'm home, don't come to me. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. So you are working from home, so to speak. You I'm are always working. Yes, always. You are it's dangerous. At, you are at the office. Do your kids play also? Um, they play a little bit. They, they have seen what I've gone through. So they all have decided not to take it as a profession, but they all ha- play a little bit and they all actually work for us at different times. Really? So, yes. Child labor? Yes. Building um, soccer balls and sewing them in the backyard. Exactly. <laughs> well, they make the money, actually. Oh, so they figured it out. Yes. <laughs> Use the talent. Perfect. So what are you playing for us? I want to get. I want to hear some music. So what are we playing first? Uh, well, we're going to do something from our latest CD, which is called Holy Ground. Uh, and this is a song called Title. Take Your Shoes Off. Title track, yeah. Title yes. track, yep. All right. When you're ready. ready? This is a, you have to imagine a drums and bass in your head. Okay, I'm going to put my guitar, my mic down a little bit. Both of you hear this? Uh, Wherever you want. You can pick it up a little bit. All right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the mics are a little possessed <laughs> here in the studio. You want me to hold it? Oh, sure. Okay. You ready? Right. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Well, God spoke to Moses at the Shoes on the moon. 
Awesome. Woo! You are listening to That's Life. I am Miriam L. Wallach, joined by the incredible Soul Farm. We have Noah Solomon and C. Landsbaum here. My God, that was fantastic. And I have to say, there was a whole bunch of teamwork going on. <laughs> Maybe Avrami will be able to t- uh, to uh, post a picture as uh, I was <laughs> gingerly and strategically holding microphones in particular directions to make sure that C was picked up. You're a natural. I'm a natural. I'm a natural microphone holder. That was great. Now, let's talk about that album for a second. That album, I, I, I have to tell you, there are certain cuts I was listening to over and over and over again. Can we talk about Child Inside? Who wrote that? Sure. Um, I wrote that song actually with Dove Rosenblatt from Blue Fringe. Oh, wow. Uh, we had a, a band together for a while called Fools for April which had about 17 songs, and 10 of them got picked up on uh, TV shows, licensed. Really? And that one did really well. That one was on, uh, I think it was The Real World or something, and they placed it right in the middle, and we got like 200,000 hits wow. right after that. It was like a very successful song. I was li- that it's, It happens to be a beautiful song. I was listening to it over and over again, and it had lots of... Fleetwood Mac notes oh, kind of to it, like you. you know, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit landslide-like, which for me is a big compliment. Oh, thank you. Well, we love that song. And yeah. there's another thing. Today's Australia yes. Day. That song was started written written in at by the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. No way. I promise. What is going I promise. on here I know today? we can't swear, but I promise. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. That's fortuitous. There's yeah, so much Australia amazing. going on on this show today. It's a little weird. Yeah, we've toured there a few times, and we took two days off. And uh, that song came out at that point. That's great. And then Dove took the rest and wrote lyrics and stuff. That's great. What about Kindness in This World? Because that, to me, I heard that song, and I was listening to it, and I said, that's a song I could hear on, I mean, forget commercials, forget TV shows. Like, that's got to be, that should be somebody's anthem. That should be, that should be everywhere. Yeah, we love that song. Well, basically, that's another one coming through me that uh, I'm very influenced by blues, and Noah's more like bluegrass. And uh, that's an old song written by an old blues player named Guy Davis. And just the, that second verse that says we all need more hugging in this right. world. Being so close to Shlomo, it just hit home. And I thought uh, that's the cutest thing. And that's how that song came about. So talk for a second about your connection to Shlomo Karabach and how that all came about and how much of an influence he's been in all your work. Um, myself, my uh, my dad was living out in uh, Mendocino County in San Francisco um, he suddenly was awakened one day and had an idea to, to start putting on the film and learn about Judaism. He had been exploring many other religions and stuff, but he decided to explore his own after a while. Mm. He didn't grow up with no no background. Um, and somebody told him he's got to go meet this far-out rabbi who lives in San Francisco. He's got a place called the House of Love and Prayer. And he went out there and he met him. And Shlomo just right away saw that my dad was on fire. And he uh, he said, you got to go to Israel. There's no better place to learn. So he decided to go to Israel for a year to study. That year has turned into 35 years or something now. <laughs> He's still there, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he started, my dad's uh, started a band called Dasper Yeshiva Band back in the, you know, and mm. they played, so that was kind of, and, you know, and the Moshav, uh, you know, the Shlomo started is just, it was just like a mecca of musicians coming through and artists and just, it was a big part of what he what he did. I mean, Shlomo, I think, you know, he really his mission was to bring music in a, in a different way to Jewish world. He said he would go into 
he was working up in Harlem at one point. And he walked into the church across the street in the Baptist church. And he saw them singing like crazy and dancing. And he's like, why does it look like a funeral in the shul? And uh-huh. this is over there. So he really took it upon himself to really revamp and the whole Karlbach minion style and all that. I mean, I was really... I mean, he very folk. He wasn't really trying to make money with his hit records. He really was trying to change Jewish music for that to just uplift people, and uh, that spirit is very much alive on the Moshav. And, yeah. yeah, and my story is a little, is a little bit different, but um, I happened to meet Shlomo when I was 18 in Manhattan. Somebody, uh, it was really very random, but somebody said there's this far out rabbi. Um, I wasn't brought up religious or anything like that. My, both my parents were Holocaust survivors, so I was very connected being Jewish. Um, and I just wanted to um, – I'd always been a musician. I've been playing since I was seven, and I wanted something a little bit deeper. And um, so somebody told me about Shlomo. I went to his shul. It was uh, like Erev Pesach, like 19, early 80s. And um, they uh, – I said – I thought I'm going to a regular rabbi's house to be – asked if I can be invited to their meal. Uh-huh. And so they brought me up and introduced me to Shlomo. And he said, sure, come tonight. You know, and I show up and there's like 30, 40 other people. <laughs> and it was like the highest experiences. It wasn't just the wine, but it was, it was, I was like wine flying. Wine always helps though. It helped a yeah. lot. I was flying. I'm walking home. And he also saw that I was really, really like interested in learning and studying with him. So it was really, I was connected to him by his, you know, the Torahs that he was given. Cause I, I was always, um, I was a player, so I, I realized that he was a great musician, but his interpretation of uh, Judaism was blew me away. And he said, do, you want, do I want to go to Israel? And he paid for my ticket and brought me to Israel, and wow. that's how I got to the Moshav. And uh, it was very close to him because I was a guitar player, so if he needed me, he'd bring me up to the front with him. And so I was very lucky. I was very shy, but uh, he uh, took me under his wing. That's basically. great. And you both toured with him? Yes. Different, yes. Uh, later on, actually, when, moved, when I moved to New York, he used to call me a lot to come play with him in New York a lot. But actually, my first time ever really playing in front of a big audience was with Shlomo. He's, when I was about 16, he saw me playing once in front of my house, and he's like, you got to come play with me tonight. And I was like, no, he wouldn't hear about it. And he dragged me to, uh, and it was at a, a army base for like 2,000 girl soldiers nice. in Israel. And I was like, I think And I'm you were 16. Yeah, and so you play the guitar. Pretty much mm-hmm. solidified. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That was so, it. I was like, I think I'm going to do this for a living. <laughs> My, yeah, mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that that as your father was a was a founder of the diaspora yeshiva bands. So you both have music in your blood from from your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Well, my, sadly, my dad went through the Holocaust, and he went through a lot. He lost his father, his little sister, but um, he came home with a guitar for my brother. When, and I was seven. And I said, I want to do that, too. And I just remember him. Uh, he passed away at a very young age, my dad, uh, playing harmonica and mm. and even picking up a violin. He can do everything, you know, so he was a big influence on me. That's great. The um, we've had a number of we've had a number of guests on the air who have all talked about their musical backgrounds, etc. And I said that I had gone to a Foo Fighters concert a number of months ago. Um, in which they talked about they talked from this from from the stage about how you should just put a just put some kind of an instrument in your kid's hand. Don't force them with lessons. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just let them Just let them play. Is that the way you're dealing with your kids? 100%. I think, I mean, every day you meet people who are like, oh, yeah, I took my parents had piano lessons to me when I was little, but didn't stick. So I think that's because it's forced on them. I think I, my parents never made me practice or anything. It was just instruments everywhere. And uh, I mean, I have a TV, so. <laughs> <laughs> what about your siblings? Your siblings play? Yeah, all I've, uh, I'm one of eight and all of us play. Nice. Yeah. So Friday night, Zmiros must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, very, very. My dad's also very uh, perfectionist with that, so everybody had to do their 
assigned harmony part and oh. don't step on anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes Smiros a little bit more intense than I would have yeah. imagined. Oftentimes in our house, I'm like, you know, my own little solo act. Because even if nobody will sing with me, to me, it's just about making sure the music is in the house. So if if that's part of our Friday night experience, then that's what we're going to do. And if I'm literally alone singing at the table while everyone else is around, mm. then so be it. <laughs> no, singing was one thing my dad very much did. He didn't, not playing, but singing was enforced. You have to sing. You're at the Shabbos table, you sing. <laughs> right. So how much of your um, so how much of your career do you attribute to both your parents? Oh, um. A lot, definitely. I mean, I didn't realize it as much growing up. You're fighting, obviously. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go play real music. But looking back, uh, yeah, I mean, I was around it my whole life. And I got to watch Diaspora Yeshiva Van write and perform since I was a little kid. And, of course. and for me, it's everything because when when he brought home that guitar, I feel today the same way as I did when I was a little kid. I said, I know this is what I'm going to do, and that's it. Never look back. Wow. I've been playing every day since. So when, when people ask you what you want to be when you grow up, this is exactly what you wanted to do. I, exactly. I do the same thing I did from when I was a little kid every day. Well, as somebody said, if you love what you do, you never go to work. Mm-hmm. Yes, you never need to take a vacation. It's open. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's nice. My life is a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to imagine when you're, you know, either in the studio or on the road or whatever, it definitely has its challenges. Yeah, it, it does, but it's it's like uh, it's the best thing in the world. So you know, I'm when, very when thankful. You, it does definitely, but then you have to stop once in a while and put it in perspective and be like, you know what? So this might be a rough gig to get through, and it might I might be exhausted, but think of somebody who's got to get up every day and right. go to a job they can't stand. So. Right. What's the hardest thing about being on the road? A lot, I mean, a lot of traveling. You know, you don't you don't sleep in the same bed. You know, you know, and some a lot of driving. And for us, it's like we're doing lo-fi, so we're we're a home we're a home, we're a home you know financed operation. So got it. We, we get in our old van and we just. Uh... For me, it's not smiling when I'm when I'm saying goodbye to everybody. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I heard that from a sports guy once. <laughs> What's the craziest on the road story you have? You have to have some crazy stories. Well, we can't tell them. <laughs> well, well, give me one you can share. Oh my God, I passed that on on the oh, stage yes, once. <laughs> Because had, yeah. because it was hot there. Because it was Shabbos and I didn't eat all day. And then when we got to the gig, um, they gave us all like so many drinks. They were called nine one ones, and like we were all piling them up. And that, that was that, it. that was it. Halfway through, I said, "No, I take my guitar." And that was it. I that passed, was it. Passed out. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> noticed either. Because the, the best part was finished a gig, and then later on we're hanging out, and the drummer looks over and he's like, "C's on the floor." <laughs> 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 he didn't even realize that we finished a gig without him. Nice. I may be sorry that we yeah. told that story. Earlier. I was about to say you may you may sound irrelevant though. I can hey, it was Purim, you know what? Can I oh, say forget that? Forget about go, yeah. it. We're gonna actually talk about your Purim show in a little bit, but let's go to a next cut. What are we playing now, guys? Okay, um, this is in honor of Noah's dad, Ben Sion Solomon. Uh, he really taught us a lot about Breslov music, and so this is a song from our latest CD. It's a Breslov song. It's called Shirulo. She <laughs> 
better by the minute it is about 232 on the stream you are listening to that's life i am miriam l wallach joined by soul farm sea lands manoa solomon here on nahumsegal.com guys that was great thank you what's the biggest compliment you've ever gotten biggest compliment i know that when my kids give me a compliment otherwise known as saying anything but mom that wasn't funny um i feel like a million bucks what was the biggest compliment you ever got well you know people always say Oh, I'm sure you heard it many times, and then they just said, we love your music, and for me, it's always like, you know, it's just reassuring and just reconfirms that we're doing something that, right, you know, so it's really everyone, everyone that says, we love your music is the biggest comment to me. What about you, Noah? Um, well, it's been some really nice ones, like we've had, um, you know, people saying, you know, with, uh one of your songs is like our favorite song. Like we got, ma- you know, we got married. We want to have that song played. Oh, you know, nice! Really get, get that, you know, it's a couple of songs that we've written and thank God that, that people even 
some other bands will call us up, say, do you have music for that? Because somebody wants, Akala wants it for whatever, or something like that. Or, or people who have given birth to, like, our music, you know, moments like really? for people. Some people have passed away, too. CDs, he's they got play them. our music. They find <laughs> something soothing with it. But like like what Noah said, you know, that is true. The, there's a couple of people that have come over to me and said, you know, I knew that this was my the right person for me to marry when I played them some of your music, and they liked it, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's serious. That's really up close and personal. Yeah. That's, I mean, talk it, about connecting with your with your listeners. It can get embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know Yosef Krohn said that he had one song that, that he wrote somewhat as a joke, and then all of a sudden all these girls were coming up to him saying, oh, I loved that song, and he didn't realize people were going to take it that seriously, but they really have. There's, there's, a, there's a nice connection that you're making with your listeners. I can imagine the fan mail that you must get. Yeah. What's the strangest thing anybody ever sent you? <laughs> that you can mention on NahumSiegel.com. <laughs> oh, yes. This is this kind of show. I'll leave that to Noah. <laughs> uh, no, we, well, the nice thing was we actually, what sparked actually something was uh, there's this woman who has um, an autistic son who um, he didn't really connect with anything. And she said he just, they also didn't speak at all. And then he, he somehow connected to our music and started listening and she started, he started actually talking. Wow. This woman was very moved and she started sending us periodically music. And then she sent to see one day a full collection of like every Chabad manuscript and song ever done and she asked really? us, she said yeah. Will you guys make a Chabad album and and, and uh, I, I listened to it and it was a little bit rough for me but uh, Noah took to it like you know like water and that's how we came out with the uh, Chabad session CD in, in dedication to Ahuva in dedication that was the mom that was a mom, and she's still t- periodically like every once in a while she'll write just thinking about you guys. She'll write like a like a, e- like a short one two line email. Like, wow, you know. that's beautiful. Yeah, that's got to be one of those days where you realize yes, you are absolutely yeah. doing the right thing. Yeah, and it there makes have you feel to feel good. Yeah, there have to be days though that you're turning around looking at itself and going, I don't know why I'm still doing this. Yeah, should have been a lawyer, <laughs> doctor. <laughs> My mom yes. wanted me to be a musician, <laughs> but I went to law school right. instead. <laughs> people say when they say to me, "You still playing?" When I see people, I say, "No, nah, I'm a lawyer now." It's <laughs> 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 the only profession people always ask you that, like if you're still playing, still doing music, like, as if they're expecting you to drop right, out. Because right, like, yeah, no yeah. one's expe- every time you, every people are baffled. You still you make a living from that? Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's got to be nice. Well, I know off the air, no, you had said that you were do- you were uh, doing some uh, acting work. Yes. I mean, but that's still music-related, I guess, because it's, you know, through my music connections that those things come And your music is your first love regardless. Yes. If you had to do anything else, though, what would you be doing? Let's say somebody took away your guitar. Don't tell me you'd buy another one. What happens if somebody would take away your guitar? You'd have to do something else. What else could you see yourself doing? Well, that kind of – I kind of did that when I became a recording engineer and uh, built a recording studio, which I always had a studio throughout my career because it goes hand-in-hand with – Playing music, but it's another line of work, actually. And I, all of a sudden, I said to myself about eight, ten years ago, like, whoa, I got another job. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's playing music. It's connected. Anything else, I think. I, I love have cooking. No I probably would do cooking. If really? I, didn't do that. really? I love being in the kitchen. Wow. I go into his own very, yeah. You're like a grill. Are you a grill guy, or you're like in the no, kitchen? like healthy. <laughs> My mom actually got turned me on. She's an amazing cook, and she has some cookbooks out and stuff. And really, uh, vegetarian cooking, like uh, a lot of. So diaspora yeshiva band and cookbooks <laughs> all going on in the Solomon Chase household. Yes. Right. That's pretty intense. That's pretty. That's that's pretty wild. You know, I was I was um, I spent a little time online looking at different reviews and on iTunes or whatever, and some reviewers have likened you to a great. Californian band. What does that mean? 
<laughs> and what's wrong with being from New York? Um, what, what I think they mean is like there's something. And I read it more than once, by the way. I'm like, yeah. shoot, nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing bad to our friends in California. We've been told that too, also. But what does that mean? Some there's a certain kind of uh, laid backness, I guess. A little more, you can. California. I think the subject matter a lot of times, subject matter a lot of times can be more uh, free. Uh, California bands tend to like bands that have come out of there. You know, a little more singing about the lighter side of life, a little bit less intense. Maybe in New York, it's all about laying down a fat groove and sing about the, you know how it is on the street and stuff. And you know, I and think occupy Coast, Wall Street. Yeah, West Coast is a little bit. You know, people are, even just to, we see in audiences when when you play in New York for a, an audience doesn't know you. It's very hard to get them to win them over. They sit there and they're right away, they cynical look in their eye. They sit there quiet with their drink and they kind of glance over. In California, you go into San Francisco bar and start playing. They don't even know who you are. They're dancing. <laughs> they're dancing before you start playing. It's we always joke around, you know, uh, um, Noah's brother Yehuda is from Oshav Band. And we're, we're all very close. As a matter of fact, whenever they come into town, they're at my house now, whenever they have gigs. So I always tell them, Oh, you're from California. No soul. That's why we're much, soul forms much better than most shop. <laughs> That's really funny. I actually was just in touch with them before we got on the air. That's great. I know you're doing a show with them for Perm. Yes, Perm Night Highline Ballroom. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's our big annual event, March 7th, after McGillar Reading. Of and course, after McGillar Reading. We, do, we usually do a cup. We do a cup. We do like one on Hanukkah, one on uh, Purim, and then Christmas Eve. Those are our three big shows and with, with Moshav in the city. And they're always, so, you know, Almost the closest or sold out. Well, the Highline is a great location. Great location. It's, it's awesome, and it's a great venue to play, and we get to rock out. That's that's fantastic. You know, so uh, anybody ever liken you to like a Jewish Carlos Santana or no? Uh, yes. Yes, I can't imagine it. Or you know, like there's like Yessi Pimenta, there's Carlos Santana, and then there's C. You know who Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yes. Was? Come on. So my Hebrew name is you Shimon. Heard, you heard my you heard my opening for this. It's Credence. Come on, I got some game. So they call me Shimmy Hendrix or uh, <laughs> Shimmy Ray Vaughan. Nice. If you can do a Star Spangled Banner like Hendrix, that would be. <laughs> I can do the Hatikva. Mean Hatikva. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So we, it is just about 2.40 here on the stream. You're listening to That's Life. I am joined by Soul Farm, and we're going to play another cut because, uh, unfortunately, this is going really quickly, and I don't want to lose any time with you guys playing. We're having so much fun. So what are we listening to next? Um, let's do uh, one of our classics that uh, people have really uh... – Are we playing Unwind? Yes. Yay! <laughs> I love this song. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. I really love this That's song. That's why we have to play it, but we love it too, so it, – it's amazing that you can play it many, many times, and it still is, like, new for us. Excellent. Here's Soul Farm. Okay.
is one gets better than the next. It is about a quarter to three, 44 minutes past the hour. You're listening to That's Life. I am Miriam L. Wallach, joined by Soul Farm here on the stream at NahumSiegel.com. I have to tell you that Hanala Felig Harrell, who's been on the show, and Aaron Berger both liked your picture on Facebook. I've been posting it as we go oh, along. Thank you. Yeah, thank it's you a lot of fun having you guys here. And by the way, my, yeah, my favorite line, by the way, in that song is, let us be over the top. Yes. I've been accused of Rummy. I've been accused of being over the top a couple of times. No comment? No nothing? Oh, ouch. <laughs> what do you mean by that line? Because I can tell you how I interpret it, but what do you mean by that line? Whoever wrote it? Who wrote it? Noah wrote that line. All right, Noah. Fess uh, up. Look at it. Can't you look uh, no. at him? You can see he's over well, the top. You have to be over the top. Well, it's in all kinds of ways. I mean, sometimes people think they're being over the top and they're not. Like, they th- you know, like, I learned that, like, in simple ways. Like, um, the way you dress on stage, some people think, oh, it's a crazy shirt. People are gonna, and then you look at a video or something, and you're like, that's just a shirt. <laughs> you have to wear. You have to. You have to. You have to shake up people. I'm just. I'm just an example in one way of, of the way you look and the way you sing. Sometimes you gotta. Uh, you gotta give more. Like over top means a little, going beyond what you think is crazy. <laughs> nice. Ooh, and uh, I have to say, every time he sings that line, even still to this day, it's like it inspires me to be over the top. Because you're on stage, and it's it's a little bit embarrassing actually, you know, because. People think, oh, this is what you do. But if I look at, you know, a video of us, it's like, whoa, I make all those moves and those faces and stuff <laughs> like that. So every time he sings that line, I say, yeah, okay, we can be over the top. You That's know? like John Mayer, evidently. <laughs> he did this whole interview. He makes these fin- funny facial expressions right, while yeah. he's performing, and he didn't realize it. And somebody showed him a video. He's like, ow, that's what I look like when I'm on stage? You know, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and you're, you're kind of like giving so much of yourself that it's a little bit embarrassing when you get off, you know. But you, but that's how you connect. That's how you and your listeners and your fan base are are, are all there because you're letting it out on stage. Right. You're not holding anything back. That's exactly the point. Have you ever had a show where all of a sudden you felt like you were, like you were holding back, and then you got off and you're like, this this wasn't my best night. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. That's it's one of the dangers. I mean, you get better as you perform. Sometimes so you have to very quickly, especially if you're doing a short show, you have to let yourself go, and that sometimes takes a couple of songs to like get out of your own head and just like looking at the audience and how are they re- receiving it and those things. To leave, to get, to go into that special place, is um, hopefully you get better in time of doing it where you can access it quicker. Um, and great performers are able to do it like every time. I turning think. it on like a switch. But turning it on. like If you watch, like, in, like Shlomo Karlbach was a great example for me when I saw him the way he would, like, didn't matter if he was in somebody's living room or if he was in front of a thousand people, he would instantly, he was, you know, his eyes would roll and you could tell his, his mind's like, he's not even here. He's like, well, he's like, music's coming through him. And the great performers, you know, whether you know, see Mick Jagger come out and he's like right away. So it's like a being taken over his body. He's like he's just you know, and he's like he's he's there's no there's no filter. He's just lets. Oh, there's know. definitely when you watch, you've seen the Stones. You've seen the I Stones have. live. I've seen yeah, a few times. it's unbelievable. It's it really is. It's unbelievable, especially when they stop on stage to take a smoke. <laughs> That's not, like he's turning seventy this year, and it's right. Like, I'm not knocking yeah. it, or yeah. Ronnie Wood. I'm not knocking it. They yeah. can they can do whatever they want. It's a it's a phenomenal show. Yeah, yeah. It's, you it feel, yeah, you, you feel like you're seeing something trend. It's beyond you know. It's and I think that's a little bit over top. Is you have to go beyond what you think is crazy. I think I think Mick Jagger would definitely qualify. Yes, as over the top. Yes, hundred percent. There's um there's there are different ways, I guess you could say, that musicians come into their music or that they look for, they find inspiration. Where where do you guys find your inspiration with different music that you've written? Hmm. Um, start. <laughs> and well, he's passing the baton. He's yes. he's uh, he's phoning a friend right now. Yes. <laughs> um, um, really, it's it's it comes from everyday life and it comes from other musicians uh, have a, a big part of uh, influencing me and uh, keeping me going. 
Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of music. And um, that's basically my inspiration. And, and every time I see something that really strikes me, it makes me go back to my instrument or writing and keep it going. What do you listen to when you're not on when you're not when you're not on the air? You're not listening to yourself. I listen to sports radio. <laughs> WFAN. And JM and AM. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's a go. given. That's yeah. good. That was a good plug. <laughs> we a shameless plug. Um, but give me top three. Who, who, what other musicians are you listening to? What's uh, on your twenty? Like on my iPod right now, I can tell you my twenty-five most played and unwind right now is on there. I will give you that. Awesome. Seriously, it's wow. not just not just for this. Thank you. Yeah, not. A, I'm very serious. Um, you can tell I'm <clears throat> totally sincere. But what are you listening to? Top three. Come on, Noah. You are you asking C or me? I'm um, asking either one let's, of you. Let's, you go, Noah. Okay. Um, well, I, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse to be a musician because because you don't listen to music. I think the way other people do. I don't listen to music a lot of times just for enjoyment. I'm always trying to learn something from okay. it. So it's a little bit educational. So I listen to a lot of times what I'm like interested in that month. Like if I'm like right now, I'm in, I want to kick back back into playing mandolin, getting to bluegrass. I'm listening to a lot of bluegrass players and is. You know, there's a, there's a band called Punch Brothers, which is an amazing mandolin player. And I listen to that. So it's not necessarily what I would, you know, what I would listen to if I was just kicking back, like, at a party. But it's more like what I'm listening to for educational. So, again, um, I listen to that Irish music. and Really? And, Celtic music? Yeah. And I listened also. I listened Celtic. To Celtic. Celtic. Yeah, Celtic. sorry. My bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm embarrassed to say, but I do listen to when my priest says my radio have, like, like you know, top forty pop oh, music. Don't be embarrassed. There's no, no shame here on that I just, life. I, I, I know it's a little ear candy, and it's not music I have to think about. I'm not trying to reproduce. I just you know. My husband listens to a lot of Radio Disney. If that makes you feel better, when the kids are not in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's mm. that's all right. What about you, see? Um, well, because you've had enough time to think about it. We've bought you some time here. <laughs> well, I, the reason why I didn't answer right away is because because I'm a, a producer and, and a, a recording engineer. I listen to a lot of the people that I'm working with. Mm. And that's basically the bulk of what I'm doing. There are a few artists that every once in a while I will take the time to listen to them. I love John Mayer a lot. Okay. And Ben Harper. And recently we got Sirius Radio in our car. And nice. I love that, you know, like the um, songwriters channels. I just love listening to great songwriters. I, when I first heard John Mayer, I said, he is very Dave Matthews-esque. Yes. Who's also phenomenal in concert. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him a good couple of times. Keeping music alive. He's yes, and giving back. Yes. They're uh, they're they're great musicians. It is about ten minutes to the hour. You are listening to That's Life. I am Miriam Elwal, joined by Soul Farm here <coughs> live in the studio on the Lower East Side on this. I would like to call it, call it a glorious day, but I'm looking out the window, and even though the windows are dirty, it's raining outside. <laughs> the windows are the windows are never clean here. We're not we're not responsible for the upkeep of the building, but it happens to be. A dreadful 40 degrees outside. No snow on the ground, but this is this is what the Lower East Side. This is what New York looks like today. And we are, but we're keeping it lo- we're keeping it real here. In Our the spirits studio. are brightened. They are. Look how my a rum, by the way, a rummy never smiles this much when I'm on the air. It's, oh, thank you. Serious face now. Serious face now. Let's get in one more live track before we are out of time because then I'm going to have to close and I don't want to lose the okay. opportunity. Okay, anyone do that one? Okay. Um, yeah. So this is a song. This is the. It's an old. This is an old song. I wrote this when I was a kid, and with my dad in the hills of Modine. It's about like seven years old or something, and uh, we've brought it back with this band, and we've been playing it. And this is one of the songs I was talking about when people be requesting for weddings. This mm-hmm. is one of the one of the top requested songs by people for brides to walk down to. So wow, instrumental usually, but we're gonna do it with the words. Hey, okay. Anila Dodi, right? Yes, it is excellent.
לדודי, אני לדודי, ודודי לי הרועה out of show you guys have been great thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for joining pleasure. me down here I have like like two seconds left to ask you ten <laughs> questions who plays uh, who plays fiddle for you guys on, on on some of these tracks his name is uh, Clarence Ferrari and he's a dear friend and a have great... you sainted him yet I mean he's incredible <laughs> he's amazing yeah he's very very talented guy and uh, I've known him through uh, through the bluegrass New York scene which is a pretty thriving scene <laughs> believe it or not that is he's um, he really I mean he keeps he keeps it real. That uh, that it's just yeah. he really adds a tremendous amount to every song that he's on. It's yeah. it's a pleasure to listen to. Who keeps you real? I mean, I guess this is this is like a question we can we can end with because we <laughs> only have a couple minutes to the hour. But who keeps you guys grounded? Basically, it's my family. Wouldn't be here without my family, wife, kids, everybody. Yeah. They look at you every once in a while. They're like, yeah, garbage. Yeah. Once down. in a while. <laughs> 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 it's like a daily thing. It's yeah. a daily, you need to take the garbage out, and yeah. uh, the kids need to get to school, and uh, blah, blah, blah with the music. 
Yeah, his family. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, his wife keeps me grounded. <laughs> <laughs> she does. That's well. Listen, everybody needs a good. She does. Everybody like, don't not post that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. They gotta she get gets mad Cuba. when I post pictures of C on Facebook. She's like, I'm trying to make my husband look serious. <laughs> Don't post that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, my husband tried to make stop trying to make me be serious a very long time ago. It was uh, it wasn't worthwhile. <laughs> it wasn't going anywhere. It is just a couple of minutes to three. You've been listening to That's Life. I am Miriam L. Wallach. I have been joined by the great Soul Farm. Thank you, Miriam. It was a real pleasure to see This has you. been great. C. Lansbam and Noah Solomon. You guys are really, you are seriously welcome here anytime. And just as a reminder, the Purim show is? Is March 7th, obviously, at the Highline Ballroom, which is 431 West 16th Street, between 9th and 10th. And you can check us out on soulfarm.net, Facebook, Soul Farm. Yeah, we'll be there with Moshav and some other bands, a lot of surprise guests. It's going to be a crazy fun night. It always is. Every Purim is, an, is you never know what to, we don't even know what's going to happen. So that's that's right. great. And you've opened for Bruce Hornsby. You've opened for Nora Jones. You've opened for Government Mule. I mean, who's been the most fun? Are you allowed to say that? Uh, I had the most fun in recording studio. I, I just mixed a song uh, with uh, and for Bruce Springsteen and Pete Seeger. Nice. So that's been my biggest event so far this that's, year. That's pretty cool. Mazel Tov on the Grammy, by the way. Oh, thank oh, you so much. Oh, I was going to ask you. you. Oh, that was another thing. Where do you keep the Grammy? Um, for, so, I move don't it sometimes. Don't tell me in the bathroom. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, I had one client come in and said, you got to put the Grammy out. So I did. First, it was, it was a little bit embarrassing where I put it, but... Uh, uh, she's a great singer, and she said, you got to put it right here. So it's kind of like in the studio, like right in front of people's faces. Oh, so good. Sometimes Hukami, I put it away. Thank you for chiming in with that because I would have totally kicked myself. <laughs> yeah, a good friend of mine won an Emmy this year, and she you know, keeps it in various parts of the house, takes yeah. pictures with it, sends it, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would walk around with it if I were you. Uh, just, you know, when you have to pay for something, just put it down on the counter. Oh, excuse me, I need to, <laughs> exactly. I need to put my Grammy here. <laughs> I keep it in my pocket. A necklace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, pocket ornament. Anyway, it is literally just about 3 o'clock. I have to wrap it up here. You've been listening to That's Life with me, Miriam L. Wallach, and Soul Farm. Tonight is the Thursday Night Extravaganza. Listen as Nachum and ZK bring you another exciting show, giving away three different albums tonight from C and from uh, Soul Farm. So definitely tune in here on the stream at NachumSiegel.com. Listen tomorrow morning as Nachum hosts JM in the AM from 6 to 9. Malcolm Honeline is going to be on hopefully around 745 on com and on 91.1 FM. Tune in Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Saturday Night Seagull. You, too, may get a prize pack from Yoni Corbin. Definitely streaming on com. Listen live. Yoni has had great shows one after another. This show will be rebroadcast tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on the stream at com as well as on Sunday at 9 a.m. Thanks, as always, to Avrami, my partner in crime here at That's Life. And my best wishes to Rebecca Rubin, my intern, who is back in class and back from Nicaragua. Avrami, she's got a strange accent. That's all I'm saying. And a hearty thank, thank you again to Soul Farm for being here. Today, I leave you with their new single, Ready to Shine, which we played a couple of weeks ago right before they opened. I should say they played Saturday night at Kids of Courage Ski Retreat, which is a wonderful show and a wonderful weekend. As for now... Oh, and don't forget, the Moshav Band will be tonight at 9 p.m. at the Canal Room as well. So you want to check them out if you have some free time. Anyway, as for now, that's life, my friends. Bye, guys. You got to walk with your head up when the world beats you down. 
Roll with the punches when you get pushed around. What would your mama say if she saw you like that? With your hands in your pockets, flat on your back. They give what you get, you get what you give. You got what you wanted now, it's your time to live. Try so hard, it is so hard to try. Covered in darkness and ready to shine.